Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips brought to you by the Hunt Lift Eat Podcast. I'm Carter and I'm here with Luke in an RV hanging out at Mountain Archery Fest in Rome, Georgia. What's going on, man? Not much, dude. Just a little hungover, which <laughs> tends to happen whenever we get all the boys together. As Garrett likes to say, Hunt Lift Eat's here when <laughs> you start hearing the beers get cracked. But no, it's been a great weekend. We've been having a blast. MAF out here in Rome is awesome. It's uh, one of their smaller shoots as they're getting established in the southeast. But if you guys are in the southeast, definitely look, be looking for next year to come out and, and support them. I think the, the south needs more of these types of events and, you know, the larger scale 3D shoots. It's cool. And it's a great way to kind of hone your skills, get ready for the whitetail woods or western hunting or anything else like that. Yeah, and, you know, the topic that we wanted to talk about today kind of got brought up all the boys are together and of, of course we're talking about what hunts we're going to be doing this fall and you know tags are starting to get drawn and application seasons are you know rolling up here and getting towards the finish line for some of these last states that haven't come in and new mexico results came out last week and all that stuff so um we had a lot of questions actually yesterday about flying for hunts and you know we have a lot of first timers who haven't done a western hunt and, and and flown and done the logistics side of things there and there's a lot to consider not only flying there but also if you're successful getting your meat back so that's kind of what we're going to jump into uh today yeah it's it's really important because it's daunting and my first time flying for a hunt i'd never done that i think i ended up sp spending like 200 dollars in overweight baggage fees yeah <laughs> just packed like an asshole yeah. you know did not maximize space or weight and where I was putting stuff and you know what you can get for bags so having that dialed in uh, is really important and planning ahead you know the number one thing I would say folks need is a luggage scale um, it's massive knowing and then what airline you're flying look at the regulations uh, for weights most of them under 50 you're uh, don't have to do oversized 50 to 70 you're going to do oversized and then 70 to 100 you might pay a heavy bag fee sometimes you won't it just depends and then if you're military a lot of that gets waived but you just kind of got to figure out within the airline what those weights are and then how you're going to like roll accordingly uh, I like to maximize what I'm putting in my carry-on <clears throat> and so if you can find a, a bag size if you're not if you're doing five days or less uh, in a backpack hunt or if you're just going and you're not and you're hunting out of a camp or you know a cabin or whatever you can really really maximize your uh your carry-on with all your gear minus like your knives you can't travel with propane anyways and so i'll pack all that and the biggest backpack i can it'll still and then i'll usually do like a duffel bag style uh, for my like personal bag quote unquote and you can fit even more gear in that and so like for your carry-on now the only thing you're having to check is your bow, your gun, or, you know, your coolers. <clears throat> and so your bow is easy. It's no different than flying with anything else. Have it in a hard case. I highly recommend the Pelican Air if you're going to be doing a lot of traveling. It's expensive, but it's built for bows, and it has extra space because your bow is going to be way underweight, and it's got extra space in it where you can stick maybe some mid layers, some base layers, like some different gear in there knives uh, knives exactly like yeah. yeah you can have like I, I'll, you know have you know your med kit like just yeah. be able to expand the space uh, or take advantage of the space versus like the plano cases there's no extra room right that's what i had before and i flew with and i finally bit the bullet on that pelican and it's uh i think it's worth it if you're gonna do 
a lot of travel or decent decent amount of traveling. If you're gonna travel once every three years, just fly with your Pelican or your Plano and whatever. But um, I definitely highly recommend that Pelican case. And then guns really intimidates folks, and it's not near as bad. And you you flown with guns, like people think it's the yeah. worst thing ever, and it's really pretty fucking easy. One of the most it? surprisingly easy things I've ever done, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially in Atlanta, man. You just roll up. You're like, uh, first time I was like, hey, I need to. You know, find the first attendant who's there, and I'd like to uh, declare some firearms. She's like, you got guns? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, she's like, just come over here, pop them open, you know, let, them, let us see them, and then see ya. Yep. It's, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's not bad. And, like, different different airports, I've noticed, are easier, less easy. Like, Colorado Springs is actually very thorough, which is annoying. So I have to, like, I always plan on, like, 30 extra minutes just for that. Because I never know how long it's going to take. Sometimes it takes five. Sometimes it takes 20, 25. Because uh, they'll pull everything out. They'll pull the foam out. And they're, like, swabbing everything. Mm. It's stupid. But, like, Tampa, you just they scan it. Yeah. Uh, Houston, they just That's scan it. That's what Atlanta it. does, yeah. too, yeah. The, you know, the bigger airports just run through the scanners. You don't even have to get it searched, which is nice. You just so. got to have that. Pull the, the Pull the bolt out and pull the. I don't even pull the bolts out. Do you not? I thought, I thought you had to, and I I've stopped doing out, it. And I pull the magazine out, and I put one of those plugs a lot yeah like a flag in there just because like and i I print out the regulations too and i highlight them yep the tsa regulations just because like that's not something you want to be arguing yep with over anybody because they are determining the fate of your entire hunt yeah right there so like you don't want to that's not the time to be get try and get tsa on a technicality you know like you just want to be prepped 100 percent and I even, like, maximize my space. Because I, I, I remember the first time I did this, I was like, oh, my God. Like, if I'm going to open this case, they're going to think. Because I had, yeah. it was like a Texas pig hunt. So I've got, like, a long rifle, like, scoped. And I got, like, a short barrel AR with a folding stock, <laughs> right, assorted mags. All yeah. the ammunition is also in there yeah. separately in the original case or in a case specifically designed and built for ammunition storage. So that's where, like, your magazine does not count. Now, you a lot of folks won't say anything if you fly with rounds in the magazines, but by regulation, you can't. And so you can have the airlines make you throw your – they'll actually take and confiscate your rounds if yeah. you don't have something to put them in. Uh, it's, and it's supposed to be – so that's a pain in the ass. But I'll have all that in there, and then I'll pile the knives. Then I had not a pair of PVS-7s. And I'm like, yeah, you're, they're going to open like, Where this. Where the fuck is this guy going? <laughs> like I'm – gonna have a deployment box but yeah. like yeah i mean nobody even like blinked twice you know and it wasn't it wasn't really a big deal at all so flying with the the guns is not near as daunting as people make it out to be yeah just get there a little early make sure everything's squared away unload your magazines unload the weapon open the bolt uh, i always leave the bolt open and I, I don't pull it out anymore but i used to you could do that i think it's a good ttp like it's not gonna hurt anything having the flags in there and then just having like taking advantage of that space too. I make sure that that thing with, and usually it, you got one or two guns, a couple boxes of ammunition, like it's going to get heavy quick, but you can keep it under 70 pretty easy. I have uh, the Pelican vault case, which is their cheaper one. And I like it. I do think eventually I'm going to get a Pelican air because it's just, they're lighter mm-hmm. and you're, you know, you're, you're less of your weight is getting taken up by the, uh, the case itself yeah my case is heavy yeah and it's if you heavy. if you get one of the and then they are you know they're, they're pricey but once again it's that cost benefit analysis of if you're doing a lot of traveling it, it's going to pay for itself and with being able to put more weight into it as you're 
playing the shell game of where your weight is, which is always stupid, right? Because it's all going on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> if it's in this bag or that bag, yeah. why does it matter if one's 40 and one's 70 yeah. instead of both of them being 60? But that's how the airlines want to play it, so we're at their mercy. And then, you know, the other thing is obviously the meat is a big question. And, right. And we've both flown with meat. And that, I've done it a bunch of different ways. I've done the buy the shitty cooler at Walmart, duct tape that bitch up and fly it. And that works pretty well. But, you know, if you're doing a lot of trips, like more than one putting, a year. Putting together a process and a plan is well worth it. I think so. And, like, that's what I came Because then I ended up, <laughs> I ended up, do, I would get home and I have, like, four or five of these shitty coolers yeah, after exactly. a year's worth. Of, and you're like, what yeah. are, throw these things away. Yeah. And I've got four of those igloo, like, the, the cubicle igloo coolers. I'm like, why, why do I have four average yeah. coolers now? Exactly. And so what I have, and I don't know that you can, I don't even think they make these anymore, but I think you can replicate it with other brands and you just have to look. And so I have the the Ozark Trail, like the Walmart brand soft coolers. And I, have, I don't remember the quart sizes, but they're one's big enough that the smaller one can fit down inside of it extremely snug. And that's important because I have, when I'm flying out somewhere, now that's only taking up one checked bag. Yeah. And so I'll check that cooler or I can even use that as a carry-on if I'm going light and I don't have two carry-on bags. And I'll carry on that cooler and not have to, have, not have to check it, not have to worry about paying for it. And then when I get to wherever I'm getting, I can split that out. Now I have two coolers to fly back with. If you can get something real cold, borderline or hard freeze, and you get them on those coolers, and you can chill those coolers down ahead of time, which is important, making sure that the coolers aren't hot, because that is the that's where like I don't most of the it's gonna zap all the cold yeah. in, you know they out of the meat, meat for sure exactly that plastic does. And so like when I'm at a place where there's a uh, like one of the places I go to has a big walk-in. I actually put the coolers in the walk-in, That's so nice. they just chill down all yeah. the way. And then you know, have the, the the meat and everything. Or I'll even I put them. At, we were at Caleb's. I like cleared out his garage freezer and crammed them in there. So having those soft coolers is just nice in general, and they're really light. Because I flew with a, a Yeti one time. It was stupid. I flew with this Yeti, and it was a big Yeti, but I could only put a little bit of meat in it because the weight of the Yeti mm-hmm. uh, itself. And I didn't even think right, about that. Right. So like the soft cooler makes a huge difference. And then you can fit a surprising amount of meat in those two coolers. I mean, I've put multiple deer and pigs on one trip in those two coolers if it's all boned out. Yeah, we flew my whole mule deer home mm-hmm. carry-on in yep. that soft-sided Ozark. Yep. A whole freaking mule deer. And I'd never seen a deer that <laughs> that big, you know, and that, wasn't, that was not a huge mule deer either. But after he's boned out. Yeah, which, like, people really overestimate the size of yeah. a whole deer. And so, you know, I, I haven't tested it with an elk yet. Um, but I think with four of the cooler setups that I have, you could fit an elk. And if you're doing that, at least, you know, a a cow or a smaller bull, you could realistically, even if you had to check. So if you have, you know, you check your weapon. So you, I like Southwest. We're just talking about this because Southwest gives you two free checked bags, no matter what. And for you guys that are military, Southwest gives you seven (laughs) checked bags. So like they give you the same as what other airlines will if you're on orders. They'll just give it to you for being military. So like you never have to pay to ship meat because you can fly with seven checked bags. It's absurd. You're <laughs> walking through the airport looking like Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing your cart. And so having you know just the options of those soft coolers, though, is huge. And, and you're looking at you know, extra baggage fees, usually around 45 bucks. So if you can do two extra coolers... 
on top of your check bags or in do one carry on you could get a whole elk for 90 bucks which is significantly less than what it would cost to try to ship that yeah and i would definitely check you know compare before you even buy you know flights to wherever you're going to i would check and compare all the different companies um you know what does it cost for a third checked bag Mm -hmm. because with united we got hammered with united one time like i had my luggage like i had my duffel with all my gear in it and then i had my gun case which is my two checked bags right and they charge you 30 bucks which is silly and then the third checked bag was 150 dollars, and that was i had not researched that because uh, that's an absurd number i would never thought that and so when we flew whatever it was that axis deer back it was 150 bucks to yeah. to check that cooler so definitely compare airlines when you're when you're looking into that yep my experience southwest is the best united's good in that their weights are better you can go up to 100 pounds i think without getting charged at least military can i don't um and then american sucks american will charge you at over 70 um with that so that's frustrating but it's Southwest is definitely, I think, the way to go for the baggage max. Like, yeah, just two free checked right there is great. So you knock seven or sixty bucks off the price of the ticket from any other airline. Like, you start doing that math really quick. Like, even if you have to pay a little more for the ticket, you know, it could it can benefit you for sure. Um, I'd but, say, the, yeah, go ahead. No, you're good. I'd say the other thing you need to consider is what's your plan for once you get an animal down, what's your plan for prepping that meat in the field for the airport? So you know you have to get it in a cooler and get it on an airplane, but, you know, that step of getting the animal into that cooler is really important. And we've done it a number of ways. I've done it a couple different ways and seems to get a little better every time because you're not always, you know, a hard freeze, like you said, is ideal in Wyoming we could do that we left the coolers open and it put a nice hard freeze on everything that was sweet that was amazing and it's going in the belly of the plane so you know it's minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit down there so you're good to go but when we flew back from Hawaii uh that was not an option the hard freeze was not an option so you you got to factor that in um with ice and we've used dry ice too to get everything nice and cold overnight you know take that dry ice out before you go to the airport and seal those coolers kind of thing. But um, cutting up the meat, too, you need, to, you need to have a plan. And the thing that's worked best for me is those gallon uh, freezer Ziploc bags. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just cutting muscle groups out, bring a Sharpie, label them, throw them in there, and then get them in the cooler. That's worked really well. You know, saran wrap and butcher paper, I'm sure, would work great, too. You, a vacuum sealer would be sweet. You don't always have electricity and the luxury of that, so... Just playing it through that aspect of it, that that piece of the puzzle is really important. For sure. Yeah, it's – I mean, you hear it all the time, but it's like, you know, the work really starts when the animal goes down and it's real, and then it's like there's like a moment of panic, like, shit, it's, it's 65, it's 75, it's 85 degrees. Now we got to get this going quick. And, like, if you don't do it on the front end – and you're, in, you're out somewhere, and now you're, like, racing to try to get back to a gas station to get ice or get to a grocery store yeah. to get dry ice. Like, you can be looking at three or four hours, that meat being hot, hot sun. Like, it doesn't take much. I think we get overly concerned about spoiled meat, like, too soon. 
I've eaten some meat that smelled real funky and I just froze it and ate it and like it was fine. Um, I think it's because I've hung out in shithole countries and like you're just like, I just realized like, I we, just doesn't matter. I think we're okay. Yeah. You know, like I might get the shits for a day, but like yeah. it, the, the meat's going to eat, uh, you know, but like it's truly rancid. Like obviously that's bad. And I'm not, I'm not a doctor, so don't fucking go out there eating <laughs> soured meat and soothe the Hunt Lifty podcast. Um, but, you know, just, having that plan is huge and i do like the idea of like that having that dry ice and having it ready and then you get that on there and get that shit as cold as po you possibly can and then having it in the coolers because it'll cool the coolers off too and yep. getting that shit cold and then once you seal those bag coolers even the uh those are trail ones which are like are obviously a lot cheaper than yeti or one of these other brands but like they they will hold meat cold and it's okay if it's like if you have frozen meat and then it thaws and it's still cool like it's you're yeah. not no, you don't have to sure worry fine. at all, yeah, you know, yeah. and like just refreeze it. I have, I am notorious for pulling out too much meat. I do the same and thing. And then not going to eat my it. Wife crazy. Oh, Caroline too. Yeah. I'll, I'll go down to the freezer when I'm hungry. Yeah. Drives my wife crazy. And I plan out 15 meals that we don't end up doing. And then yeah. I always overestimate what she's going to eat because she won't eat. Yep. You know, she eats or like I a bird. getting Zaxby's on the way home from work or something. <laughs> yeah. Don't cook it. <laughs> and so then I'm always putting it back in, out, in, out. Yeah. It's bad. And I've never, it doesn't affect it at all. No. At least not that I can tell. So, yeah, I mean, traveling for hunting should not be as daunting as people make it. Uh, I think that I'm a big proponent for flying over driving, especially if you have limited time off. Because yeah. if you're driving across the country, you're burning up two to four hunting days. That's hunting hours, man. Yeah, it's hunting hours. It's time away from your family. like just Or, or butchering hours. Yeah. You know, like exactly. if you shoot one in the fourth quarter and you're racing, like you, you have a, a finite leave time, you know, mm -hmm. and you're racing, you need to – all these steps need to be in place yep definitely because like yeah i i think flying is better in most cases yeah um now if you're going on like a month-long hunt and you need your vehicle you know that's a little bit different if you don't have if you work a job that's flexible you can work remote like that's a completely different scenario but for like most folks most of us we've got a week off 10 days off three four days off like yep. do you really want to burn that on on uh driving and i personally don't so you don't be afraid of flying it's just about preparation of like really being deliberate and how you pack and where you pack it and then it's repetition and you just like optimize it i used to like have to lay everything out the day before now i'll leave for a hunt especially <laughs> for like my texas hunts or, like the ones that are like not that technical like i'm not going out in the backcountry like if i'm not doing a backcountry hunt like i don't fucking put much preparation night, in night at all it in. oh morning of i'm just like <laughs> shit in the bag and like most of my stuff kind of stays relatively packed yeah. anyways and like because i travel so much it's just like uh, yep close enough <laughs> <laughs> it'll be all right it'll weigh it all right before i go and, and like if, yeah you know, you get out there and you got to make do with what you got anyway, so fuck it. Those airport scales are also bullshit. So, like, you want your shit to be, like, two or three pounds under. Yeah. They always come up heavy. Trying to get that money. Yep. They're always heavy. So, definitely don't be afraid of flying uh, for hunts. I'm going to do an actual, probably an Instagram, uh, like, video? Re real video where I break down, like, different aspects of this. It's a kind of a content plan that I have that I want to do uh, over the next you know month or so where I, I'll show you guys like my cooler setup, how I have it set, split it off, how I pack, like meet, do the meat, all that stuff and, and go through. And then even like how I, op I maximize my space and like the gun case. Like I did that 
that reel with you know the silly music at the, on uh, what a fire left for Texas and like you yeah. can see how much shit I have yeah. in that gun case. You do, you, yeah, you do a good job maximizing that. That gun case weighed forty eight point six pounds. You know, yeah. so I kept it right under it's that. On the money. Yep. You know, right under the fifty and like, and also the things. If that thing's any heavier than fifty, it's miserable to move through the airport. So that's the, that's the other thing. Like, I used to be too cheap to buy the carts, but now if I have too much shit, I'll just buy the carts. <laughs> it's worth the fucking five bucks to be able to roll them through yeah. and. Sure. And uh, not get my ass kicked trying to carry everything to the airport, but for sure. Yeah, man, you got anything else on flying for hunts? I think the only other thing that is worth mentioning is there, your meat cannot leak. Yes, in any form or yep. fashion, That's or huge. it will be disposed of immediately by every airline. So um, the other thing that I do, even with those, you know, the the double lock. Ziploc freezer bags with the doubles on them. I still bring a contractor bag and I put them in that thick yep. contractor bag. I put the meat in that and then into the cooler just so there's, you know, one more level of barrier between if anything starts defrosting or if any blood or anything like that. Because um, if there's any leakage whatsoever, it's, it's gone. Yep. And that would be a freaking travesty. Yeah, making sure you. Like if you do get a hard freeze on it, you gotta if it if it's gonna be a long flight or you gotta drive to the airport and or it does if start to over. if if it starts to thaw, yeah. you're gonna have all that moisture escape. So don't just think because it's hard frozen, it's not gonna leak because it'll leak more right. uh, when it, once it thaws. So definitely, yeah, that's a great point. Being cognizant of that, and I do the same thing. I'll double wrap it. Yeah. Um, even if I don't have Ziplocs, because sometimes I forget to pack them. I always assume I can just buy them wherever I am and. That doesn't always work out, right. you know, and so just having those, I'll just do a double trash bag or I'll take a grocery bag and do grocery and then contractor, but having that mm-hmm. double helps. And then some of the, like, a, if you're using a Yeti, the Yeti's just the shape of them sucks. Um, you lose a lot of space with how they're, they're like, tapered mm-hmm. at the top. That's why I like the Ozark because they're more rectangular. But the Yetis actually have leak-proof uh, zippers because they're, you know, nice and expensive. The Ozarks do not. They will leak everywhere, so... <laughs> Ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. That's good. Yeah, I think I think it's just good to know. And it was the type of thing that like I didn't at all. And I learned, like yeah. I said, I learned the hard way. Right. I literally paid I think a hundred and hundred and twenty some dollars each way on. I flew up back east to hunt my farm. I grossly overpacked. That's the other thing is like being very deliberate what you're packing. Yeah, don't pack every contingency of year yeah my first western trip versus my most recent that packing list has dropped by probably 20 pounds or more i don't know yeah. just gear just like shit you don't need and that's something to really think about as you guys do your hunts is look back into your pack like as you're unpacking and be like yeah. what did i not touch well, yeah exactly what did i not even yep. fish out of my of my bag what a waste and there's like certain things you won't touch that you should have right like a, a some sort of trauma kit like I carry one tourniquet. I carry well, that should be a whole other tips, like what that looks like. But like having that kind of stuff, but even that should be fairly minimal. It's like what am I actually going to deal with, right? Yeah. And so having not packing the kitchen sink is huge because fuck, I did for a long time. Yeah. For sure. But cool, man. Yeah, I haven't done a tips episode in like over a year, so this was dope. It's good to have you on, you one. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, listeners, as always, we appreciate the hell out of you guys, and we'll talk to you next week.